I've always wanted to be Freddy from iCarly. Me too. Also, you can't do. Never mind. You can do the iCarly thing. I just want to point out that you made it. fun it's of me recorded. for watching all of iCarly in a month. Listen, I okay. Yeah, that's the <laughs> kicker, right? I didn't make fun of you for watching iCarly. I made fun of you for watching all of it in a month. Listen, I was going through some things. That's not true. I was perfectly fine. <laughs> Welcome to the crunch. It is your boy Ethan, and I'm Patrick. Hey, Ethan. Hey, Patrick. I woke up this morning and I looked down and I was standing on something <laughs> and I had no idea what I was standing on. Can you help me? <laughs> what? I need you to describe a little bit of what you saw. I looked down and I uh-huh. just saw an expanse uh-huh. of flatness. Now okay. I want to. I want to. Was note it solid? For the audience that I was outdoors. Okay. I was not in the side of the interior of a house. I was outside so sleeping on a tree stump mm-hmm. because I was counting how many rings it was and I fell asleep and I woke up and I looked down and all of a sudden I looked and I, I saw this like expanse of flatness and I kept looking forward and it kept going and I have no idea. It went up and down in some places. Mm-hmm. At some places it went very high mm-hmm. and then very low again. Mm. Do you have any idea what this is? So you're telling me just to make sure that I'm clear. Yes. You're telling me you were standing upright. Yes, I was standing and, upright. And the 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 substance uh-huh. that was supporting your weight vertically yes. uh-huh. just went in every direction. Every single one of them. In, and in I all checked possible, all of them. I took out my compass. In all and possible not one of the ways. ones that like points north, south, and east, and west. I mean like my compass and protractor. And I checked I actually, every single angle, all 360 degrees of them, and it went every one of them. I, so I'm thinking that maybe... Uh, if you were to go, I think we could. I think we could find some information on this online. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Wikipedia is probably the first place I would go. Wikipedia, absolutely. Okay, and I don't even know what we would search. Search Wikipedia. Um, thing, I'm just going to Google thing on the thing below me. <laughs> below, <laughs> below my feet. Thing below my feet. Mumford and Sons below my Long. feet. Long underneath under your feet substance what is under my feet okay i got a i got an article for long john underwear that's what is under my feet okay maybe what is under my feet that i'm standing on okay here we go here we go here we go okay here we go ready Uh uh-huh uh i'll send you a link it l type this in okay l l a A N n d d land down under landscape lawned Lond. Lond. Lond.com. Lond. No, no, no. In Wikipedia. Not Lond. Lond.com. Lond, sometimes referred to as dry Lond, is the solid <laughs> surface of Earth that is not permanently covered by water. I think this is what it is, Pat. Oh, wait. Hold on. Wiki- you're on Wikipedia.com? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, go to Wikipedia, and I'm going to search Wikipedia. And then I'm going to look up Lond. A variety of natural boundaries exist oh. to help clearly define where water meets Lond. Solid rock Lond forms are easier to demarcate than marshy or swampy mm-hmm, boundaries mm-hmm. where there's no clear point i think this will give you everything you need to know oh, okay good i don't think there's we a have a whole to... history of lond well i don't think we have to be scared of it is really what we're that's learning. good i was very it's scared not, it was going it's to not malicious lond. oh my gosh it's moving <laughs> oh my gosh extra it used to be lond it, it looks like lond's dad is pangea <laughs> 
Did you know that there's extraterrestrial lawn? There's lawn on Jupiter and Saturn there's, and Uranus. There's no lawn on Jupiter. You there is lawn on Jupiter. It's gaseous. I don't know the difference. This Again, is I don't know what lawn is. <laughs> I'm tired of this. Everyone already stopped listening. Everyone already stopped. <laughs> we have nobody's gonna listen to this. I think people. I think we, people liked the part where I was. I fell asleep counting tree rings. You're really proud of yourself. I heard it in your voice. I was really proud of myself. Oh gosh. Um, here we are. I found a Wikipedia page for land, and I thought it was intensely funny that such a thing exists. It's it's just you. I don't know if anybody else is going to share that intense appreciation for the Lunds. I, uh, <laughs> but let me tell you, let's let's reveal some of our inner sort of thoughts and feelings right now. Mm-mm, okay, mm-mm, mm, that's bad. <laughs> <laughs> Can't do it. All right, let me. So the, to all you audio listeners out there, video listeners, you might not understand this, but to all your audio listeners out Shut there, up. <laughs> <laughs> we have recorded two episodes uh, in a week. So le- our last probably two months of podcasting have all been like bulk podcasting. Bulk okay? podcasting. It's true. We went to Costco. We had- and we signed up for a membership. Uh-huh. We went we got in. The, got the membership card. Yep. I So before I went for t- to training, we recorded like three episodes in a week. Four, I think. Mm-hmm. And then I left and then I came back and we had to record two episodes back to back because I was going to be gone. And then this week, we have to record two episodes back-to-back because Patrick's going to be gone. And let me tell you this, right? The weekly grind of content is okay. The <laughs> the the double podcast once not every a, two not weeks a fan. is so much worse. Not a fan of it. Because we have to resort not only to stupid bits about Wikipedia pages, but I feel like I have no energy to give hey, to the I people. I learned something today. I... <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't know. I, th- I didn't was... know that today I would land on a Wikipedia page about Lond. I'm sorry for for besmirching you, but <laughs> but I really I'm like I, I in all honesty I'm I don't know how much longer I can do this. Can we never do this ever again? No. We can can't. we only do one a week for the rest of time? No. I want to go back to this. I really think that Lond joke landed. <sighs> Stop. <laughs> I'm getting mad. One of us has to, otherwise we don't have that dynamic where one of us is like goofy and the other one's angry. None of us are goofy. This podcast, <laughs> I'm t- take us off the comedy list after that. <laughs> this, I don't want to be on a, it Is anymore. there a serious podcast list? Is there is there a chart for like very is, important and in? Is there a support group for? Is there a support group for divorced podcasters <laughs> where, <laughs> that I can join? <laughs> Subsection I don't know many of, famous podcasters. Subsection of lifestyle podcasts where it's just a bunch of people who are in a podcast with another person and then they quit because they hated the other one's <laughs> jokes. That's me. I'm going to start it. It's going to be called, hey, the podcast formerly known as Ethan and Patrick yeah, are creating the crunch. <laughs> 52 patrons. It's cool. All the crunch money is in a bank account under my name, so you can leave whenever you want. <laughs> <laughs> So what we did today for this week's app is uh, we posted on Patreon and also yeah. on Twitter, but none of you guys asked any questions on Twitter. Yeah, I'm really surprised so, that none of you guys commented in the 20 minutes that we had that tweet up. 
<laughs> I'm really surprised that nobody commented anything on Twitter. Uh, but we we did have uh, multiple patrons uh, throw in some topic suggestions, so we're gonna maybe go through those and see uh, see what we can scrounge up. Because we realize we're tired of the topic, um, tired of the topic format, right? We're ready tired to of the topic format. expand, flex our creative muscles, as it were. <sighs> I'm upset. Okay, let's let's do this podcast. Let's get yeah. into it. I think the first one, Andrew Jordan, obviously, longtime supporter of the podcast. Funnier than um, both of us combined. Funnier than both of us. The fact that he doesn't have a show is baffling. Is baffling. And his his combined power equals more than all of the power of Keanu Reeves. Have I told you that every time I think of Andrew Jordan, I think of the Keanu Reeves picture from from Bill and Ted where he's like surprised? I don't know why, but that every time I think of Andrew Jordan, I think of surprised Keanu. Surprised Keanu. I I wouldn't know. I've never seen Bill and Ted. Have you ever seen Andrew Jordan? I have. And he have like you ever Keanu seen Andrew Reeves. Jordan and Keanu Reeves in the same in room? In the same room? Because no, I haven't. Yeah. Uh, the the question is that Andrew Jordan poses to us. Is adulthood what you both thought it would be? Absolutely. Personally, not. Personally, I thought I'd be buying way more Yu-Gi-Oh! expansion packs by this point. Um, when I was a boy, I don't know. I, I don't I don't know what I th- expected adulthood to be. When I was a kid, I thought I was an adult, so <laughs> they're, they're there. <laughs> Were you ever into Yu-Gi-Oh? No, I wasn't. I So I watched the show, right? And everything that I learned about Yu-Gi-Oh! was from the television program. Uh-huh. And so... I didn't know the actual rules of the game, but I had cards and I just kind of threw them down dramatically as <laughs> if I were in the show. Blue Eyes White Dragon. I had a Blue Eyes White Dragon, but I also, you know that, do you remember that card that they used to like combine two characters? Mm-hmm. And it was like transmogrification or something like that. That sounds I never like ha- it's against our religion. I Yes, it is. It's, it's <laughs> sinful. It's an abomination. Yeah. I didn't have that card, and so I felt like my deck was just so restricted, you know, ah, compared to all the yeah. compared to all the other kids. You know, they had thick decks with with fancy polymerization. That's what it was called. Ah, and they did. I didn't have that, you know. Mm. So, so that's what adulthood is for me. I I didn't play Yu Gi Oh. I had a lot of Pokemon cards. Um, but again, like you, I did guy. not know how to play Pokemon, yeah. the trading card game. Did anybody know how to play? Did the anybody know? Card I game? I just remember the energy cards uh-huh. were like the worst thing in the world because I was like, but I have I, I can only have a deck of forty cards. I need all these energy cards, so I can't have every Pokemon I want. But I guess that's part of the game, you know. So there's an official rule book here for Yu-Gi-Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a version 9.0, which ah. tells you how many iterations the Yu-Gi-Oh card game has been through. <laughs> um, oh, gosh. I'm going to have to read this later because I, I'm i actually curious as to how you would – because I just kind of subtracted, used basic addition to just take like – I just gave an arbitrary number of health points to the other person, and I just – every turn I'd be like, I'm going to attack you with my this much attack person, and you're going to lose that amount, and there's no other factors at play. Because <laughs> that's what happened in the TV show. So, I, I don't... Yeah, anyway. Is adulthood what you both thought it would be? Um, Definitely no. Like, hard, yeah. hard no. I'm living in Pennsylvania, so... That's not something I thought was going to happen to me. 
What was your when you were a kid? What what was you like your biggest thought of like, oh, when I grow up, I'm gonna get to do, X. Um, host late night television. Really? <laughs> I don't know. Um, when I was a kid, I really wanted to be an actor. Like that was my big thing, and I was mm. like, everyone. It was. It's funny because even when you're a three year old, if or in third grade, when you say I want to be an actor, adults like have, they just can't help, but give you reality checks. Because they've already given up on their dreams so hard that mm-hmm. they can't allow other people to have dreams. Correct. And so when a little kid comes up and says, I want to be an actor, they go, well, it's very competitive. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, it's very competitive. And so when I was a kid, I always knew that like being an actor was kind of a stretch. <clears throat> so I was like, oh, I'll just like, I really like theater, so I'll be like a theater teacher or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then I like got to youth ministry and I was like, oh, I like studying theology and that's how I got there. But um, even even when I was uh, like right about to go to college, I was like always, oh, I'll just like work for like the Catholic church until my entertainment career hits off. <laughs> and my uncle was like, you should probably, if you want to like do something in like creating content like performance you should probably study communications um and that was something that a lot of people in the in the theater world because i did know people who were actors professionally when i got to high school i realized how accept how like how realistic it actually was to do professional acting like it's hard and it is competitive but it's not like the only people who are actors are movie stars you know um and so i had friends in the in the industry and they all told me like both theater and film and so they told me they were like, well, yeah, what you should do is you should um, be a, have like some kind of technical specialty first, so that you can like get your way in, and then you get that's how you like get connected. Uh, and I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. And so I, I tried doing stagecraft for a while, but I was very bad at it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and then I found out that I was good at writing, and so I, I wanted to be like a playwright. I always wanted to do something like entertainment, and then also theology came in later, and so. Yeah, that's that's the that's the history of me, I guess. Wow. My, my career decisions. Yeah. I as you're talking, I'm thinking I had no sort of desire for a career in the same way. Like I knew I wanted to get a good job, you know, so yeah. that I could have a family and stuff. But beyond that, it was very murky. There was no like, oh man, if I just, you know, do this and do this, then I'll have my dream. And like maybe that was some due to me playing too many video games and not really ever taking any time <laughs> to think about what I wanted to do and just being like, the new Uncharted comes out next week. Um, Careerism was extremely pressed upon me when I was a kid. Really? I got it everywhere. I was, I had jobism, but I didn't have careerism. Yeah, we, we had to do like a presentation when I was in sixth grade on like what jobs we wanted to do. We had to like present on five different careers mm-hmm. and like what we were going to major in in college to do that career. I also, um, I think yeah. it's very telling that when the question is posed, what did you think your adulthood would be like? You instantly started talking about career. Yeah. That's what I thought it was going to be. That's what I thought yeah. my adulthood was going to be was like, well, like I do school now and everyone says school is your job. So after school, you just get a job and that's mm-hmm. what you do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I always, when I, I, I guess I didn't think about this when I was younger, younger, but I was like envisioned like having a wife having ch- children mm-hmm. um of course those two things didn't connect that like being a professional actor and having a steady family yes um is insanely hard to make happen <laughs> unless you're like established um but yeah 
Yeah, my I think my main goal in life was to blow up and act like I don't know nobody. <laughs> uh, yeah, I honestly don't know. I think I thought for a minute that I could just do Twitter for a living. I mean, um, don't you? I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, well, um, I I think for me more so because I'm still trying to figure out like my career aspirations. Like I still have no idea what I want to do mm. f- long term. But I think what's better to me about adulthood than um, about childhood is like the relationships that I'm forming, um, like with my brothers and my parents that are going to just keep on going for the rest of my life. You know, mm-hmm. it's something you don't really think about when you're a kid. But yeah. This summer, especially just figuring out like, how am I going to have a relationship with my parents? Um, because it's not necessarily about like what they want me to do anymore. Uh, it's just about even if we disagree on something that we can still have like a loving relationship, you know? Yeah. Um, because it's, it's not about just doing what they tell me to do anymore. It's about maintaining and putting effort into that relationship for my whole, my whole life. Um, because they're not looking over my shoulder, but they still support me, you know? So Mm -hmm. trying to figure out that is really exciting. And then uh, the freedom that comes with being an adult of, yeah, you're not in school anymore and I have a degree, which means I, I there are lots of opportunities that can be afforded to me. So it's it's definitely not what I expected, especially because I became a missionary. <laughs> so that's <laughs> yeah. that's a huge sort of life altering wrench that was thrown into it. Um hmm. could definitely stand for some more more Yu-Gi-Oh though. Yeah, I thought I would I don't I <laughs> I, I, my, I know a lot of people like the way, like when I, when I was a kid, all my friends would be like, when I grow up, I'm going to like play video games as much as I want. I'm like, buy I'm going to buy a PlayStation. Mm-hmm. And I always thought that I would do the same thing. I was like, well, when I'm an adult, I'm just going to become a gamer guy, I'm become a gamer boy, full-time gamer. <laughs> but it's funny. Like my parents didn't let me have like the newest game system oh, growing yeah. up. So like whenever I heard of a new game system coming out, I was like, wow. That sounds really cool, but like, we're not gonna get it. And then I was like, I kind of just live with that. I was like, whatever, it's fine. Um, when, and so now when I hear about a new game system come out, I'm like, oh, that sounds really cool. And I don't even think to look into getting it, like how much yeah. it is. I'm like, oh wow, the Switch, that's interesting. And I just think <laughs> I just have like a passing interest in it. I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Sean, Sean's the opposite. He he like he has a job, so he'll like he'll buy the game systems. Um, but so like I, I went home and I played on his switch and I was like, Oh shoot, this is actually kind of cool. Uh, but the same thing actually happened with like food. So a lot of kids, when they're like, when I grow up, I'm going to eat ice cream for breakfast and all this stuff. Like when I went to college, my parents, not not when I went to college, my parents wouldn't let me, but like when I was a kid, my parents like wouldn't let me get soda at fast food restaurants Mm -hmm. or like any of that stuff. And so when I went to college, I like going, getting soda at the calf, like didn't even cross my mind. Yeah. I don't know if that makes me like I never thought of myself as an obedient kid, but like those kinds of habits definitely continued into my adulthood. Mm-hmm. So I honestly didn't think much of my adulthood being any different in terms of lifestyle than my childhood. Yeah. When I was a kid, I didn't want to go to church ever again. And now here you are. When I was in college and now here I am working for the church. I made a pact with my friend that I would never go to college. Really? Yeah. <laughs> we we've, we found out in second grade he didn't have to go to college. Yeah, that's the that thing. was a big you, that was a big deal. You. That was a big deal. I was like, wait a second, like, 
Because in my head, in second grade, Patrick is like, second grade Patrick is like, well, what you do is you go to you go to school, then you go to high school, then you go to college, and then you can become an adult. And but then my my teacher was like, well, actually, you don't have to go to college. Like you know, college isn't required. Like you don't get assigned to a college. Like you get assigned to a school. It'd be like you the just movie Ants. College. As soon as you're born, you get either uh, you're either a, a soldier uh-huh. or a worker. Uh huh. Like the movie Ants. Like the movie Ants. You remember? I don't think I ever Ants? saw the movie Ants. Really? No, I didn't see it. Dude, it's actually pretty good. A Bug's Life. It's a Bug's. It's life. not a Bug's Life. It's better because it has it's communist. More ants. Well, it has more ants, but it's also there's like the the proletariat rising up to to, to for a coup, you know, and then the yeah, military that happens in Bugs Life too tries to kill the queen. No, 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 not in the same way. There's not they're not like protesting and oh, having it's not signs. an internal coup. Yeah, it's they don't have signs that say you know uh, seize the power from the from the whatever like the means of production. Yeah, seize the means of production. Like that's that's the kind of stuff that happens in ants. It's kind very, of that's com- that's very overtone. That's it's like kind very of very overtone. Yeah, and then Are you they watch red it. Ants? They yes, <laughs> that's really funny. And then you watch <laughs> it as an adult, and you're like, "This is heavy handed." This is pretty. Wait, was it pro communism? It's not pro communism. Anti communism. Well, it's I don't know what pro it is because what happens is I the people you didn't catch the joke. So stop. So the come on. <laughs> the Go the on. main character, his name is Z, right? And he steals uh-huh. the princess on accident. Of course. And uh the last of the the last of the the Romanovs. Yes. And everybody thinks like, oh man. Oh man, Z like defected. Like he's, you know, he just left and he stopped working. Everyone's like, if, if Z can stop working, I'm gonna stop working. So they all stop working, and then the government's like, get back to work. And they're like, no. And then um, this military dude rises up and he's like, hey, you guys have to work. And so it's kind of but he's all in it to to take over the queen and kill the queen. So it's kind of like anti-military, pro-people, pro-love story. Huh. I don't know, man. It's been. I watched it when I was in a fever dream. I had How does it up, end? I had thrown up fourteen times in one day. Well, the anthill floods, and they have to make a giant stack of ants oh. uh, to get out. Kind of um, like the end of Lego Batman. I haven't seen the Lego Batman, but it's exactly the same thing. Okay. Hey. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Crunch. Sorry to interrupt what I'm sure is a stimulating intellectual conversation, but I wanted to pause the episode real quick to let you hear from some of our sponsors. We will be back right after this. Hey, Patrick, this is a question from Nathaniel Winans. Oh, okay. What do you think is the future of Catholic youth events? Um, I think the future of Catholic youth events is me standing on a giant pillar <laughs> with fireworks in the background and everyone just throwing money and follows at me like they're okay. throwing twitter follows mm-hmm. they're just like hit like somehow they've made them tangible and they're hitting me with them and every time one hits me i grow more powerful and i get more follows and then all of a sudden i i surpass Katy perry in follows i think at one point she was the most followed person on twitter i don't, I don't know, know who it is now, now. I think it's probably... I think it's the Roman Circus Twitter account. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> uh, I actually think, in all honesty, I don't have a joke, because Patrick stole my joke with that. No, no, no. no. I said now. the pillar and fireworks thing, and then you said the throwing money thing. But you had another funny one about you just sitting in the <laughs> green room. <laughs> the future of Catholic Youth Events is me just sitting in the green room, getting paid $7,000 to play my podcast over the speakers. <laughs> That's it. That's that's what the kids want, huh? That's what they want. 
I so I think the the future of Catholic youth events is smaller mm-hmm. than rather than bigger. I don't I think, think so too. I think that Steubenville conferences has got have gotten to a certain size and even focus conferences have gotten oh, to a focus certain size. Focus is reaching the point of no return. It really is. I don't Seek, know what the Seek is is reaching an event horizon that no one can come back from. Seek is too big. Seek is too big. It is. It's like it's called Seek because you you can't find the people you came with. I, I think they call it Seek because I can't seem to find my denture cream. <laughs> well, that's a really good impression. Thank you. <laughs> um, but no, it's like it, it's it's uh I, I see what you mean. It's more um well here here's here's why I think uh Steubenville conferences are gonna maintain their, their power and they're gonna keep growing. It's because okay. it's subsidiarity. Okay. You know what I mean? No. So the Steubenville conferences are structured so that the local Steubenville area the Steubenville um event coordinator is like a local person. Yes. Who's paid by a local mission or yes. or organization or diocese to like make the conference to fit with like the area. Mm-hmm. So okay. Steubenville is just like we're gonna provide like the structure and the speakers. You guys provide like what area you think is best, a college setting, a convention setting, etc. And so like the if you go to main campus, it feels very like collegiate and rustic and it's not as flashy as like if you go to atlanta where it's a big fancy convention center mm-hmm. etc so well so let me explain more of what i mean by smaller because i think that that is true and that's going to keep going and that's good but what i think the i think the format is going to change of these things Ooh, interesting i think there's going to be more of a focus on a uh, small group and like rather than because i think we've reached the the saturation point of how much a group of three thousand people can be affected by a charismatic person giving a talk right i think that we've reached that point and i think people are starting to recognize the importance of consistent small groups like yeah because because a small group that you have and you maintain over the course of six months is going to be more impactful than a Steubenville conference, in my opinion. Yes. Uh, long-term, long-term, right? You might, at a Steubenville conference, you might encourage someone to join a small group and you might, it might be some sort of meet Jesus experience where it's like, oh man, I should join the small group. But I think um, that, I don't know. I wish, I think that parishes do a good job individually of figuring that out, but I think the overall structure of like all three thousand of us are going to be sitting in this room listening for most of the time. It's like, mm, <laughs> you know, at some point it's like, at some point it's like there's it's it's just it's just con- consuming in the same way that people consume or like young people consume everything else. And here's where here's where I here's where I started to disagree with you. Okay, not because I think that you're wrong, but because I think that. Um, we're talking about the Catholic Church here, and yeah. conferences have been going on for like 20 yeah. years, particularly yeah. Steubenville conferences, and yeah. it's never going to change. That's fair. There's like one aspect of like this would be better, and people are realizing that, mm-hmm. but there's also the other element of people expect to have conferences, and they will yeah. go to them. Yeah. Um, well, that's so. Yeah. So I think it's just, not just Steubenville in focus, mm-hmm, it's also mm-hmm. the National Catholic Youth, whatever. Yeah. That, that group. Um, I shouldn't say that. But they're not whatever. It's like the Catholic National Catholic National the Federation for Catholic Youth Ministry or something. <laughs> the they United do NCYC. States Chess Federation, the USCF baby. USCF. I was a member of that. Um, and then there's also like 
I don't know. Those are the only ones I can think of. Yeah, the 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 Eucharistic Congress in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's different dioceses put on different conferences sometimes. I think we should just cancel conferences. I don't think we can. I don't think we can, but I think we should. <laughs> like I, what this is if, what I mean, Ethan. No, no, no. Well, this, this is what is I the, mean. You keep going back and forth between I want to be a speaker to let's cancel everything. <laughs> Listen, if people are going to keep having conferences that are marginally effective, I will reap the benefits of it. But <laughs> I will go. I will go with board. So I think there's. it's really hard to gauge how effective a conference is. Yes, I agree. So it's really hard to discuss, like, what's the future? Well, we don't even know what the current is. Like, we don't even know if it's working. Maybe you have a better idea than me. I My brother's just left for Steubenville today, so I'm like, I hope it goes well and that they come back. and that they're Because after your third one you know after you're yeah you've pretty much somebody told me today not today wow a priest told me in confession like two months ago that uh at a certain point you've heard every catholic talk it's true right and you're you're just you're you're done okay and if you're plugged in and you watch father mike and maybe you listen to some podcasts and maybe you you go to some conferences like you're 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 well on your way to hearing pretty much everything by the time you're 18 you know and yeah. um or at least like a couple years after you start that cycle and so i'm thinking there's got to be a way to have the 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 first timer like meeting Jesus experience that was so good for you and for me and for everybody else, but then also like not be afraid to move, go to go deeper, and I don't know what yeah. that looks like, but I think too many people are afraid so, to go deeper because they're afraid that people are going to be alienated, and I'm I just don't want to have that fear anymore because that's why we have such a there's this book that I've been meaning to read called like the the <laughs> the the childization of American Christianity or something like that. I don't remember what it is, what the name mm-hmm. of it is, but it's all about how there's because of the the conference culture and because of all of these things, it's just base level, base level, base level, base level, basic gospel message. Not that that's bad, but it doesn't. There's no, there's nothing focusing on deepening on like creating a prayer life. There's nothing about community. There's nothing. There's like all these things are maybe mentioned in passing, but they're not the focus. And so you just get stuck with a bunch of people who are at, at, at the entry level, like the just standing on the doorstep of, of Catholicism. The interior castle. Yes. Um, yeah, exactly. no, I told, I agree I agree with you. I think that's I think that's what it can be, but I don't think necessarily I don't think that, that hasn't been my experience with conferences. That's my experience right? with like, conferences. I I see I see people walk away from a conference. The conference culture definitely breeds that, but I think that that's that's I think we're seeing like the result of an experiment and a friend of mine, a friend of mine talked about this, like hearing some youth ministers speak, you can kind of like tell what era of youth ministry they grew up in. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so like, Oh yeah, you're from the year where we all tried to talk about purity, like a toothpaste cap. Uh, that, yeah, that's bad. Yep. That's not good. And so, or like, that's sorry, that's just disgusting. Yeah, I, I, I use the toothpaste analogy, or I talk about the toothpaste analogy on here. I think I did yesterday, right? No, okay. I don't know. Um, anyway, the toothpaste analogy is like your purity is like a t- tube of toothpaste, and if you squeeze some out, you can't put it back in. Ah. Uh. Yeah, which, aside from being a poignant metaphor, I guess, is also wrong. <laughs> yes. Like, it's like you, the, it's also the, wrong. 
it's also wrong um it's like your your virtue is not something that you have stored up in you before you sin and then when you sin you lose it and you can't get it back like that's not how virtue works anyway um but yeah so we're seeing we see the results of conference culture but every conference every retreat i've been to talks about the retreat high and we're aware of that and we talk about that all the time we talk so you hear kids going on retreats at as like 14 year olds talking about the retreat high which is not something i grew up knowing knowing about but like so that trend of talking about the retreat high and the and like keeping the retreat high or further preparing for like to get out of the shower or wake up and get out of bed in that sense, like lose the warmth and the covers of whatever. I gave a, I gave a different talk at my, my lead week last week where I talked about um, Christ leaving the apostles and saying, if I, when I go, something greater is coming. Mm-hmm. And so it's better that I leave. Yes. And so talking about the retreat high in that sense of like, no, like this was good, but it's better that you leave. So it's not like you're not leaving and going into something cold. You're leaving and going into something better. And so there's, there's a lot that needs to be um, adjusted in because what happened was we started tradition from scratch and yes. that sucks Yeah, because we're not supposed to do that and we were never supposed to do that. And well, we're kind of in that a plays into spot. the into the tweet that somebody did the other day that was like, I don't understand this millennial praise and worship during adoration, John Paul II youth group culture. Yeah. And it's like, you don't understand it because it's, I mean, even the people who do it don't really understand it. It's just kind of something that's been handed down to us from the nineties. And like yeah. now this is the culture that we have. And this is all that we really know what to pull from. And it's, this is weird. Like, do we just abandon all of that? Like, do we abandon the praise and worship in the in the John Paul II and the youth group and just try something else? Yeah, like you know? imagine that, trying to do that. Yeah, that sounds insane. It would be it would be impossible. Imagine like just going going to Franciscan and being like, "Hey, everybody, shut it down." Because the thing is, like, people people like to dunk on Steubenville and people like to dunk on conferences and Focus and stuff. But there are people at Focus headquarters and in Steubenville, and they're like intensely prayerful people. And so you'd think like maybe yeah. if they're open and prayerful, the Holy Spirit is working through them. And so it's like we we don't we can't just throw everything away and and try to rebuild tradition in our own image, which is idolatry. Um, we just got to go with what we have. And and what what we're dealing with with is we're dealing with a, a generational hiccup where we have a, a a whole generation of people who weren't formed in the faith. Um, even more than that, we have like decades of people who aren't formed in the faith unable to form their children in the faith and then therefore those children are unable to form their children and so we're dealing with this as a as a as an american catholic church and we're trying to come back from that and i think that's what the conferences are doing is i think they're like this massive um (laughs) just as much as we can do like just reach as many people as we possibly can and just get them through a conference so they at least have an experience with christ because so many people have gone through their lives without experiencing Christ. So let's get them to experience Christ. But we're realizing that you need to go deeper. And that's where programs like Franciscan Lead came out. Mm-hmm. Because they uh, Franciscan Lead was originally called Young Disciples. And I think what they did at first was they just showed up to the conference an hour early or a week early and would help set up. And then everyone was like, oh, well, we have all these kids. Let's like teach them about prayer. Uh, they would go to like the conference holy hours and they were like, well, what if we just like gave, and it was like, they shouldn't be helping set up the conference. They're kids. Let's just put them on a retreat. And so they did young apostles, the retreat. Um, and it focuses on leadership, evangelization, and discipleship. So it teaches them how to pray, how to lead and how to go out and evangelize. Um, and it's, it's kind of that like second step 
uh, it's a deepening and you have to apply to go because they're like trying to reach those kids who are like the super youth group kids and the kids that are like have been on the conferences before and have had experience with Christ and like how to go a little bit deeper. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, it's exactly what you're saying, but again, it needs to be, it needs to be on a personal level. And if a kid, yeah. if a kid comes away from a conference really excited about their faith and then that dies out, it's not the fault of the conference. That's correct. It's I, the fault of the people, not necessarily, but it's like the mm-hmm. fault of the people surrounding that person who didn't invest in that person and, and tend that fire. Yeah. I, I'm just like worried about what you said. Like, even if we have things like Franciscan lead and, and those sorts of programs, like I still worry that we had just have these conferences. where like, we just want to get as many people in here. So that the maximum amount of people can have an experience with Jesus as possible. Like I get it numbers wise. That makes sense. Right. Yeah. But it makes it so utilitarian in a way. It's mm. like we're gonna have this, and we're gonna get these people to come, so that then we can manufacture this, and it's good, right? It's how I met Jesus. I can't complain. Um, but I, and I don't know the solution, right? Like I don't know, I don't know what's better. I think the only thing that is better is having. I mean, well, hopefully, right? What comes out of this is you have a bunch of people that are our age that are getting into their early to mid twenties that decide to say, Hey, I'm, I know Jesus and I pray every day and I ha- I am in discipleship with the Lord. I'm actually going to go back to these high schoolers and I'm going to invest in them. Right. And I'm yeah. going to start a small group, you know, with the youth le- leaders permission and I'm going to invest in this group of dudes. Right. And it's going to be, you know, 10 like high school guys that you can invest in year round. Right. So that when they go to these conferences, you can be there for them and support them. But when the the high wears off and all this stuff, you can keep showing them new things about prayer. You can keep sharing with them your own prayer, and you can keep showing them how you evangelize. Because they there's we didn't have that when I was growing up. That's not something that existed for me. So what, what's the future of Catholic youth events? Sure, keep having them. But the people that are our age now coming out of that, you have to turn around and invest or else it's all for nothing. Mm-hmm. It's pointless. If, if well, we also that, so Steubenville conferences are shiny and cool and kids like them. And so they'll go, they'll go to that. Yeah. It's very hard to get kids to come to youth group. Yeah. Well, it's not that hard. I think, but it, it's, I, well, it's more I difficult. Know. I think something that I've learned is the power of, as a missionary is the power of a dude who's older than you inviting you to, to something that's special. Right. Yeah. Um, and same thing for women too, although I don't know, it might be a little bit different, but I know that for guys, like if I were to go up to any of the high schoolers that I know that are, you know, seniors or juniors now, and I said, Hey, like, I'm going to lead a Bible study for a couple of weeks. I want you to be a part of it. Are you in? They'd be like, yes, absolutely. Right. Mm-hmm. Because I'm an older guy who loves his faith, who is reaching out to them and saying like, I want to lead you. Right. And they're, and they're all for it because who else is going to do it? So that's, that's why yeah, I could say a lot more on that, but we can't underestimate our power when it comes to these things. That the power that we have to control, like what what goes on. Yeah, I mean, we, or at least I don't know if we all do this, but I see a lot of people. They 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 freak out and they don't know what the youth want. They talk about what the youth want, and they they're they're very confused as to what the youth want. Yeah. Um. Some some people. We actually, we actually had a parishioner talk about like, we need, 
um, more vibrant music in the liturgy. And, yeah. and we were like, yes, that's true. And then they were like, um, they said something about David Haas. And I was like, that's mm-hmm. hilarious. I don't even know who that is. <laughs> but I looked him up and it's, yep. he's, I think he's the on Eagles wings guy. But anyway, yeah. um, but it's, it's funny. And, and like we, I, I have a lot of conversations with parishioners and they're like, oh man, you have your work cut out for you. Uh, because you know, these kids, you know, they don't want to come to church and I'm like, well, that's fair, but they might want to come to youth group. And some of these, some of these kids, the kids that you wouldn't expect to like youth group, they really have fun at our dinky little 10 person youth group. When like they show up and there's only three other kids there, they still have a lot of fun for some reason. Yeah. And it's cause there's, there's people there that are investing in them specifically and enjoy hanging out with them. And they really like the Catholic card game, by the way, they love it. That wasn't an introduction to our no. Ad I hope read, I hope but not. we do have to we do have to do the ad read. <laughs> yes, of course. I yeah. It it doesn't matter what the youth want. It matters what a human person wants, and that's to be known and loved. And it all comes back to that. Yeah, yeah. Um. So someone this is this kind of this kind of goes along the lines of sure what we we're talking about. Someone Kel just posted on our Patreon page. Um. One of you tweeted recently. It was me about getting bored with Catholic reading and needing to take a break. Um, please talk about that more in the reality of religious people also needing hobbies. Um, yes. We all need hobbies. Uh, we need to create things because we're human beings made in the image and likeness of God, and God created this entire world, and he made us to be creative as well. Um, and so whether that creation is recreation, LOL, or it's like actually making and doing something, you need to do it. Uh, and a lot of the times we get we get caught up in I don't know I don't know if you guys felt this I don't know if you felt this when you were in high school Ethan but like when I was in high school my extracurricular pretty much was like I do youth group I also did theater and chorus that was because high school allowed it it was like I have periods in the day where I go to choir practice and where I go to theater but if I didn't have that I probably wouldn't have done anything after school except for youth group and homework <laughs> so. I don't know. You you read you read my ho- hobbies tweet, right? No, no. I was talking about how I feel like all of my recreation things are. It was when I was talking about how every time I listen to a Catholic podcast, I get super anxious. Yeah, I realized I'd been like overthinking faith, and mm-hmm. it had become. It wasn't like too much of a part of my life, but it was taking up parts of my life that it shouldn't. And a lot of people commented on that tweet. They were like, well, God should should encompass everything in your life, and he should be a part of everything. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah that's true, that's true, that's true. But that but doesn't also, only mean consuming Catholic media. Exactly. Because Catholic media is not Jesus. Yep. Right? <laughs> if, you, if you're saying that God can only be present in Catholic media, you're actually the one limiting God, not me. Yeah, take that, people in my menchies. So um, it's like I think it's actually the more virtuous and the more heroic thing to say. I'm gonna go play basketball and I'm gonna find the Lord in basketball, or I'm gonna watch basketball uh, and find that, or I'm gonna go listen to a stand-up set and like maybe, maybe Patrick, maybe in the stand-up set they're gonna make some jokes that are inappropriate. <sighs> but. You have yeah, it was you, Anthony Jeselnik. He definitely was going to do that. You have big boy pants, right? And you have pants. them all zipped up. Yeah, maybe it's, it's a true. button fly. And it's not a button fly. But belt on, tucked in, and you <laughs> can say, you can say, oh, that's evil, and I'm not going to internalize that. Uh, but I can take what's good, yeah, and and see that there is God and what is good that's going on here. 
and obviously you shouldn't do that to excess, right? Because if we only fill our minds with crap, then that's like what's going to be in our brains. Yes. You know? So take that with a grain of salt. But I think that you can have hobbies. Like I, I love going to the movies. I love um, like playing World of Warcraft with my brothers, you know? Podcasting like, with your boy. Podcasting. Not necessarily all about like talking about God stuff. The I like to read science fiction. Um, have you finished the Dune series yet? No, I I need books four and or five and six. I haven't gotten them yet. It's uh tragic, but it'll it'll be coming soon. Don't worry. Um, I don't know. I have a few hobbies, but I think it's it all goes back to leisure. And you can go back to our podcast that we talked about leisure. But it's so important to not just listen to Catholic stuff and then be on Catholic social media and read catholic books like i i felt really bad the other day because i totally just roasted this teenage girl um, oh no wait we were, why well, it was an accident uh, and what well, <laughs> well i didn't roast oh her. i accidentally ruined this girl's life i didn't ruin anything so we were in a coffee shop and i was talking to a priest and um i was telling about how i had just finished return of the king for the first time and i knew he was a big lord of the rings fan so i was like yeah i just finished it like i loved it you know blah blah blah, blah. um and we were talking about the importance of reading fiction. And one of the teenage girls there was like, oh, I only read Marian theology and John Paul II. And I like, without even... That's not true. Without even like thinking about it, I rolled my eyes and went, oh. like, I just, <laughs> it was uncontrollable. <laughs> I was, well, no, that's exactly the appropriate response, but only if it's a tweet. Yeah. You know, you know, and I, like that's the that's that's why that, that's the problem is like when when you you, you have Twitter, you see people with horrifying opinions and stupid opinions on the Internet and you can say and do whatever you want. Yes, in real life. You're like, you can, there's no yeah. you don't have to respond. And you just be like, wow, that's a dumb opinion and then move on. But you can't do that when in the event when someone actually yeah. does present you with a stupid opinion. And obviously she's just a teenager and she's just trying to love love God in her own way. And I shouldn't like get mad about it but yeah <laughs> it's that's the the kind of the extreme that the culture creates is oh the culture is bad right so i need to avoid it which means i need to only be a part of these things mm, mm-hmm. and that's a lack of that's exactly what i talked about last week is it's that's a lack of prudence and choosing yeah. abstinence over prudence like prudence is the virtue that we should work on not just ditching not, things. Not, not and that's, abstinence, yeah. It's taken me to the year 23 to, to start to figure that out, and I'm sure it'll be <laughs> a continued sort of thing. But, yeah, prudence and everything. I was like, it's 2019, but now I understand what you mean. You can't only have basketball, right? You can't yeah. only have reading the Bible. Just That's just what it is. It's funny that she said that about fiction, like, the, oh, I don't read fiction, I only read Mariology, to, like, Lord of the Rings. That's a very funny thing to, like, flex on, because, like, yeah. Tolkien was definitely more Catholic than I am. Um, but, yeah, if... I think I think it's very funny that you rolled your eyes, because I definitely would have just struck up a conversation about Mariology. Yeah, I... That definitely would have been. I was not interested in doing that. <laughs> Sorry. That's that's on me. That's my bad. I would have. Te- I I I probably I probably would have gone in a little a little harder than you did. Honestly, I probably would have like grilled her a little bit. Like, oh, what you read? Like Jason Everts, John Paul II's <laughs> Five Loves. Oh, congratulations! All right, it's very impressive. You read half of one of his encyclicals. Good. That's that's awesome. Good job. That's a good job. That because that was definitely me when I was in high school. Yep, I was I mean, right there too. I read a lot, but I definitely like I definitely flexed a little more on Twitter than I should have of how much I had read. 
But like sometimes people would do that. They would like be like, oh, like I'm just reading the Summa. And I was like, wait a second. No, you're definitely not. You're not just reading the Summa. I, be- I, I don't believe that you are. Um, yeah, I've met. Yeah, I've met plenty of guys in my life that are like we've all met those guys. We've all hey, met those don't guys like what are you doing? Oh, I'm reading the Summa. Why? Like, do you Why? did you need to know something? No, I'm just reading it. OK, calm down. Okay. I'm going to get you a copy of Ender's Game and you're going to read know. that. Yeah, read. It's very good. I haven't read it, but I heard good things. <laughs> it's good. You should read it. I should read it. I'm not a big science fiction guy. The only the only science fiction book I read all the way through was Dune. Yay. Peace, love, Dune. Peace, love, Dune. Um, Let's see here. The only... The, this this like this idea that we need to only consume Catholic things, it creates like the worst stuff. It's pernicious. It's pernicious berm. Pernicious berm. <laughs> pernicious berm. <laughs> Another iCarly reference. Um, it's the episode Jack Black is in. Yeah. <laughs> um. So because of that episode, I can't read the word aspartame the same way again i only read it aspartame but that's aspartame aspartame yeah uh so it creates like we we need the catholic version do you did you ever get that uh that piece of paper that was like if you like this band you'll like this christian version of it you never seen that no i haven't it was like if you like marilyn manson you'll like the christian version of that or it's like if you like uh smash mouth what (laughs) i said switch foot not smash switch foot okay sure yeah, it was kind of like that. If you like, um, if you like uh, Matchbox Twenty, you'll like Reliant K or something like that. It okay. was all like very. It was very nineties. Right. It was extremely nineties. Um, we do that with things. We're like, oh, like I'll, I'm gonna make the Catholic version of a sketch comedy show. I'm gonna, make- <laughs> <laughs> and like that's not bad, particularly because I extremely want to do that. Uh-huh. But it it becomes bad when you. Um, you like only make Catholic things in it. Like there's no room for anything other than something that's directly tied to the church. And also if you half ass it, and I can't believe I said that a swear on the podcast, but yeah, that's what makes that. That's the thing is like when I, when I show people the Catholic card game, this is just a good example. It's not an ad. Um, they're like, Oh, and you say like, it's a Catholic version of apples to apples or cards against humanity. They're like, Oh, pff, whatever. The first time, first time I introduced it to uh, one of my friends at a door, he was like, so what? It's like Bibleopoly. Because the first thing you think of yeah. is like, oh, it's just the Monopoly, but it's just Monopoly, but the Bible. Um, and that brings me to Church Pop. Oh, boy. <laughs> so before me and Patrick recorded this episode, we went on to Church Pop and we saw that they had a games section. And so we played the two games that they have on churchpop.com. And they're both really, really bad. No, no, no. No, they're not both really bad. One of them is really bad. The other one is bad. Okay. That it's it's not really worth getting into describing it. But, <laughs> I really had you, fun playing one of them and not the other one, so I don't hurt if, any honestly, developers' like, feelings. Yeah, the, in their like lists and their uh, quizzes and all those things. Like, if you want a prime example of of something that did that, it's Church Pop. Yeah, it's like and, it's like everything that's good and bad about BuzzFeed, but Catholic. Yeah, that's that doesn't lead anybody closer to Jesus. No, it doesn't. It's 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 so funny because only. I, I see what they're trying to do. I get it. They're like, hey, look, it's it's culture and it's fun. And you're like, they kids like kids these days like BuzzFeed. So what if we made BuzzFeed with no pornography on it? And that's okay. That's I get it. 
But if you wanted to do that, like don't only talk about Catholic things because first of all, that extremely limits your audience and it makes it not accessible to people who aren't Catholic, which is like fine, I guess. But you know, you don't you don't ever want to do that with an audience. You don't want to like limit it. You want to at least like leave like a back door for someone else to discover your thing. Right. And also, they have the weirdest stuff. It's like it's like it's like sensationalist news combined with goofy saint things. Yeah. Combined with a Father Mike Schmitz video. Like, I, I really, I just don't get it. Because, like, the worst thing, the good things about BuzzFeed is, like, goofiness and memes. The bad thing about BuzzFeed is sensationalist news so and just um, have... clickbait. Yeah. So, they just, they do both. Yeah. You know? Hmm. I don't understand how this heading is in all caps and then one of the words is even more in caps. I just don't understand why we can't all just be freaking normal. <laughs> me either that's the biggest impediment to evangelization in this day and age is that nobody wants to be normal everybody wants to be a f- whack job oh my gosh there's a comic section oh no i don't even want to get into it hey uh let me tell you this what do we got going on this next week next week yeah i am no no, no. at lead nope after after that yep um a live show Live show, live with show the, with the live boys. Hey, live we're boys. gonna do another live, live show. So this episode's gonna come up uh, on the twenty eighth, right? No, the twenty seventh. This episode's going up on the twenty seventh. The twenty eighth, yeah, yeah. The twenty eighth. That's a Sunday, right? So the twenty eighth, and then that week, sometime you'll hear you'll hear about it. We're gonna do before then because before then. So we have so much time between now and then. Yes, we're, we're gonna we're gonna do a live show that week. So stay tuned. It'll probably be in the evening on a weekday. Um, so crack open a cold one. Go get yourself a twenty four crack a rack a PBR and and crack them open and, and slam them down. Because uh, <laughs> we're gonna do probably an hour hour and a half of a of a live show. You can come in. We can we can chat. We can talk. Um, and that'll be for for all of you. So that's that's the the big news coming up. Same thing that we we did a couple like before I left for training, but we're gonna do it again. It's gonna be fun. Um, I'm sorry. I started reading the comics section, and okay, and it's just... I'm I'm gonna close out the show. Before, Please don't before you get too <laughs> deep into the comic lore of churchpop.com. <laughs> Patrick, do you have anything else for the people? Don't be a normie. Be a cool Catholic. Be a hip, cool hashtag relatable. Saint that eats pizza and skateboards and plays Yu-Gi-Oh. Thank you all for listening. Please pray for us. We'll be praying for you, and we will see you next week. I didn't know where I was going with that, but I added a call back in at the end. You did great. Truly. Thank you.